This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast where we talk about the things that make us who we are. I'm Krista. And I'm Julie. Today, we are discussing writing for National Novel Writing Month, or as we like to say, Nano Write More. <laughs> write more. <laughs> write more. <laughs> we were trying to think of a funnier serial name. Uh, the favorite options so far include Honey Bunches of Sadness, Oat Bung, and swasticos. Uh, fruit lupus. Uh, dingleberries. Fart nuggets. <laughs> Sorry. That's really great. I'm gonna type every word I know. Rectangle. America. Megaphone. Monday. Butthole. Okay, so I was really excited to go to the Wool Festival, and I've been excited for, like, three years. It turns out it was just a suburban churchy hell, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, three rows of fair food, and then a handful of sheep, and a whole bunch of really dumb home welcome with the pumpkin sign kind of shops. Like, every shop had something like that, where it was, like, a pillow with plaid that said love, or like the wait. stupid snowball signs. Like, wait, where does the wool come in? It really doesn't. <laughs> how, how can it be a wool festival? This is what it turned into. Like, I think it was probably more like a fair with that, like, farmers and stuff had so they could sell some of the product because there was some yarn there. But in like percentage wise, that was like less than 5% of the shops. I bet what happened was that this was somebody's, like, passion project. They were like, I'm going to make a wool festival. They made it, maybe didn't get as much interest as they wanted, and then they gave up, and then somebody else was like, you know what? This is a good time. So then they took over and just... Well, I think it was, one, I was literally, like, one of three women that wasn't exceedingly overweight there. So I got stared at a lot, and I was just like, seriously? And I was like, oh, it's because there were no vegetables that weren't deep fried in sight. Like, it was all just junk food. And then all the performances were like churches. I'm like, I really need to make an announcement. (laughs) I'm like, not totally straight and also atheist. And I'll get mobbed and murdered. (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) It was was a rough time. Also go up and be like, I like... Uh, metal music. I listen um, to the devil's music. I'm sorry, just pick up the microphone. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I don't want to be here. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. Yeah, it was rough. And what was funnier is I went with my boyfriend, and he was wearing a jersey for, like, the Ireland soccer team. And nobody understood what that meant. Which I'm like, you guys watch football. I would assume you would associate no, they're incapable of doing that. People kept asking him if he played for the Irish, as if he just, you know, this world-renowned soccer player is just going to be hanging out of this, like, fatty fest. And then they would get confused. They're like, oh, so you're from Ireland. I mean, con- like, heritage-wise, like, I, why is this so hard for you people? <laughs> it was so, so strange. Was this around, like, here in the land of the corn, or... It's a little else. south of the corn. South of the corn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. It was just... 
It blew my mind. I felt so pretty that day, though. I'm just like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> well, this story gets to be a prequel for our next episode. Because in our next episode, we're talking about sheep. But we're not talking about sheep this episode. No. So, this is just a no, sad... No, no, right more. <laughs> yeah, right more. <laughs> That's what today's topic is. Which, okay, I think... Maybe I said this in the intro, or maybe I didn't. That for the longest time I saw this, Nano Remo, Nano Rightmore, <laughs> I legitimately had no idea what that was. Like, I knew it had to do with writing. I knew it happened in November. I think I assumed that one of the things probably stood for November, but then all the rest of it I was like, I have no idea. Is this some Japanese thing? I know Nano. <laughs> I don't. I'm Mio not sure. Kune? What? <laughs> yeah. But no. <clears throat> Nano Remo, I guess, stands for National Novel Writing Month. And because this episode is going to come out in November, that is when we chose to talk about this. Yeah. Nano Remo. Because Julia and I are going to participate <laughs> <laughs> as, as well as we can because. It is a it's a hefty goal. I thought about it and I was like, how many words do I write in like my typical session? Like not a long one, not a short one, just a typical like writing session I go through. I think it's not even a thousand. I was like, fuck. (laughs) It's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's like two thousand words a day. Like almost, not exactly, but yeah, it's rough. Shit. You just you just put it down. (laughs) You just get it. Any word that comes in your head, you're like, yep. So, do we want to talk about the second reason as to why we're talking about this? Not just Nano Remo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's because this is one of my big passions. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> wait, what's happening? I'm scared. Like, I want to draw something on you. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Okay. Which, which, to be fair, I guess I did kind of drop that on you at one point in a startling way. And it was funny because my husband was there and I was like, hey, I gotta tell you something. And, oh. then, he, and then he was like, oh, wait a minute, Julie, it's not what you think it is, Julie. She's just gonna talk to you about how she's, she wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, thought you were dying or... Yeah. You got really serious and it was out of nowhere and I'm just like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah I'm just dying. Yeah. It's like, are we pregnant, dying? But I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I just, when I first started writing again, I wasn't really telling anybody about it. Like, there was, I basically wasn't telling anybody at all. So I, like, got to the point when I wrote the book and I was like, you know, I should tell people about this. That's, <laughs> this is a weird thing to not tell people about. So, because this is a big passion of mine and because it's November, I thought, why not talk about it on passion for your passions the thing we do we talk about our hobby i'm about to repeat the intro (laughs) this is a podcast where we talk about our hobbies and things that make life worth living we're talking about writing today everybody yeah Yeah, writing's definitely been something krista has always done i distinctly remember that and you've encouraged everybody else in your vicinity yeah right because i We'll be completely honest, I did not give a shit about writing until you, I would see you write all the time. And I was just like, well, I want to bond with you on things. <laughs> so I started writing. I love how that's young. a major part of your story. Yeah. It's like, I want to bond with Krista. Well, 
do you remember, uh, I can't remember what they called it, but it was in elementary school. They made us write a book every year, like those stupid little, uh, we had to draw the artwork on the front, something that's definitely you, but essentially I did one the year before you and I were friends and it was complete horseshit. It was just me going like, they're making me do this. And I just like wrote about cats or something really ridiculous. And then the following year, I saw like you get into it and you like went all out in the art. You went all out in the story. And I'm like, oh, you care about this. <laughs> like, I just, I just throw something together. I literally made a story. I remember my story because when I started writing, my mom teased me. She's like, I know you don't give a shit about writing. <laughs> She's like, you know how I know? It's because that stupid fucking book you wrote in sixth grade. I went, what? And she said, yeah. You heard someone like in a movie or something, some someone talk about a weeping willow and you didn't know it was a tree. And so you just made up this really dumbass story about like a girl named Willow weeping somewhere. And then you found out, like you talked to me about it. And I went, that's a tree. And just at the end you went, and then she turned into a tree. And that's where it came from. <laughs> I'm like, that's hella creative, mom. I don't know what you're talking about. I think, I think the thing that I always think about with the two of us is, uh, I don't know, I think she was like our sixth grade teacher. You remember when, I don't even remember what the assignment was, but we wrote like this story and like the purpose of it was like to be as weird as possible. And I think like for some reason we wanted to like prank our teacher. I'm not really sure exactly what the point was, but like we made it so ridiculous and then we handed it to her and we're just like, <laughs> and then she was like, basically like, Oh, okay. And we were like, no, we actually did the assignment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that now. We, like, we did the assignment, and then we wrote the most bullshit nonsense we could possibly think of, and then handed that to her, and then, yeah, like, literally a second later, we no, we didn't. <laughs> we couldn't handle not possibly getting a good grade on it, because we just put, we put so much effort into the prank that yeah. didn't really work. <laughs> And I really, like, honestly, to tell you the truth, I could not remember, I don't remember what the shrink was. <laughs> like, what it was about, why we thought it was a good idea to go through with this prank, or, like, and then why we backed away from it. I think, <laughs> really, so we backed away from it because, like, you could tell the teacher, like, immediately was like, okay. Like, she took it seriously. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh, wait uh, a minute. We thought you knew we were smart and wouldn't do that. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think um, one thing I just kind of wanted to talk about, this was kind of our first thing, because, I mean, we're kind of reminiscing now, but just the, why did I start writing? Julie says I always did. I don't really remember myself as always writing. I know for sure, especially when I was younger, I was a very avid reader. Like, I read all the time. It was definitely part of my identity. I spent a lot of time in libraries, which I feel... Sounds somewhat suspicious, but I just, I did. I spent a lot of time in libraries. I think, so that one's actually kind of weird. The reason why I spent so much time in libraries is because I got into a lot of situations where nobody was able to pick me up until a certain time. So it's like, just take Krista to the library. She'll be there and that's safe. So I was just. See, I just got left places or like sent home anyway. <laughs> well, so that was fine. Except for once I started doing a lot of theater. Because that would be literally, like, I would just be sitting outside. <laughs> like, there was nowhere for me to My be. My mom literally forgot me a couple times at the school. <laughs> so, it was before, I think it was like, that's why I got a cell phone before everyone else did. Because they were like, I'm going to keep forgetting her. 
on the curb at the middle school. <laughs> I need to get that girl a cell phone. <laughs> no, mine was just more nobody could come get me. So then I, if not, I'd just be trapped outside school. Because I don't know why. Our school was kind of weird about this. They did not want you in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I think, I guess it's because nobody was around. Maybe that's what the reason was. But like when it got to five o'clock, there was nobody. And so they kick you out. <laughs> And then you would just be stuck outside the school <laughs> with nowhere to go. Like, there's not really, like, a great place to, like, sit and do homework. There's no shelter if it's snowing yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Slept on the curb. So that was why I spent a lot of time in libraries. I mean, I definitely started reading a lot before then. But I think by that time, it was a definite part of my personality. And I think, like, because of that, because, like, I read so much. And I really, I did read a lot, like, Especially when I spent time at libraries, like, I got into the habit of just, like, I would just pick up a book and just read it. Which I feel like in some ways kind of sounds like a fantasy, but I would, I would do that. And I think after a while, I just really liked it. It was one of those things where I started caring about stories and I started caring about all of that. And so I wanted to write. Create your own stories for the world to hear. Yeah. Not just read about it in anime. <laughs> I did I did read a lot of anime. Or manga. Sorry. Sorry, nerds. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we're gonna talk about that here, but I did I read a lot of manga <laughs> when I was a kid. I don't think I've read a single book of manga. That was never a thing in my life. It was weird, especially when I was younger, because so if you read mangas at the library, and I don't even know if this is still really a thing. But you never read them in order because they would never have things like they would have five. You see, you read whatever the five were. And so you maybe never got to read the ending or the beginning or that random one. And it would never be there. Never, ever. So you had to make a lot of very quick decisions. Oh, I'd just be enraged. <laughs> like, I'm never doing this. Like, it never ends. It never starts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I think maybe it's just because I spent a lot of time in the library and I just got kind of used to it. I don't really have a problem with reading books out of order, which is a strange thing. So now I will. I'll read them in order. But especially when I was a kid, it was like, well, I want to read something. And I like that author. I Okay, they don't have the next one, but I'm going to pick it up and read it. <laughs> I'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> yeah. And most of the time, especially the books I was reading when I was a kid, it didn't matter. It was, I mean, like, even like Harry Potter. Harry Potter did this thing. Because I remember I was listening to this podcast recently. It's called um, Potterless. Basically, it's like the story of a guy who's roughly our age. And he never read Harry Potter. So he decided, roughly our age, to start reading it. And just, like, his journey and experience and all those things. And so one of the things he would say every time he would start a new book is he's like, I'm really mad. She keeps, like, summarizing the last novel in the first chapter. And it's like, yeah, okay, I guess, you know, if you're reading this in succession, yeah, it's a little bit annoying because you already you know, just know what happens. But back then it was like, yeah, it was like years. Yeah, you'd have to wait. <laughs> And then every single time she, like, felt the need to, like, basically be like, here was the whole entire plot of the last book. <clears throat> so I will say, too, one of the other things about uh, my whole writing and storytelling experience 
is when I was a kid, there was this very weird thing that happened to me where essentially many, many, many of my friends would use me for the storytelling thing. Like, you know, it's kind of more like the thing that you do when you're kids where you're like, I'm going to invent this world and we're going to go play pretend or whatever. We'll pretend we're pirates or whatever it is. And they would like essentially utilize me to make the story and make the world. <laughs> She's the creative nerd. Make her do it. It's yeah. like you're the DM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Playtime. I had a lot of DM practice. And so some of these things I would write into stories. There were a couple examples where I was like, hey, I like this. I'm going to write this into a story. But sometimes it was just a thing that would happen. And I find it weird that legitimately like three separate times this happened to me. Like once when I was pretty young, once when I was a bit older, and then once when I was a bit older after that, like just it kept happening to me, <laughs> which I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I don't know. All my playing was mostly prank related. Dumb pranks, obviously. So I don't think I made you do that. Maybe. I mean, we've never talked about the pile before, or the mountain. I don't remember what we did call it, but, like... I remember the Fountain of Youth. I don't know what you're talking about. But that was, about. like, a joke. I think... I, I just remember the dumb jokes. I don't remember the actual, like, worlds or anything. Well, no, because I remember... The thing that I'm talking about was there was this one time... I, just, I don't even remember why we did this, but I was staying over at Julie's house, and then, basically, we decided it would be fun... To put as many pillows and blankets oh, and things as possible that's on top of each other. That's all your fault. Because that's how you'd wake me up. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah. You would, that's how you'd wake me up. But I think we talked about it before. It's because you don't like to yell or anything or disturb people. So instead you would just suffocate me until I woke up like, with pillows and stuff. Is that so, why you did it to me? Yeah, you made me mad. <laughs> so I started doing it. You're like, this is a fun game. Like, yeah, it's a game. Like, just like, <laughs> but it is funny because there does exist i haven't seen it in years but there does exist this one picture of me which is just like piles and piles of things on top of me and just like my hand like up like hey and me like <laughs> laughing in a chair i have like a blue shirt on it's got roses on it. it's, i think i have that framed or something in my house now yeah okay. yeah we did that kind of stuff we were just weird like when i think about it <laughs> I talked to somebody about it because I said Chris and I were super mature but dumb kids like it was the weirdest thing because I remember distinctly like in middle school where we had that talk with our third friend about how she was maturing above us and we wanted to remain kids like do you know how hard like how mature you have to be at, like 12 to have a conversation and to know what you want in life at that time but we essentially were like hey you want to be an adult we don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> so you either need to like decide different activities while we're with you or just go away. <laughs> so it's like we do the dumbest thing. I can't remember things. that. Yeah. Oh we were very mature about it. She slammed her chair and made a scene in the cafeteria. But like, I just think about that stuff like one day we're doing that. The next day we're trying to suffocate each other with pillows. <laughs> yeah. Dumb shit. And I don't know, there, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of those things that I remember, too. Trying to high-five while we're swinging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, trying to break each other's hands with high-five. A lot of ours required damage, I guess. <laughs> Hurting each other in one way or another. That was probably mostly me. <laughs> I guess getting back to the topic, what about you? Is there anything that you want to say about writing and, like, your past with writing and just 
It's just kind of a thing that you did here and there. All I put was it's all your fault, like on my notes. Because <laughs> like I said, I didn't give a shit. Like, it, I, well, I hated reading. My parents would lock me up in my room because I wouldn't do the reading. And so my, like, math and science were through the roof. Like, A++, reading was like C on a good day. Like, <laughs> I can't spell, I can't read, go to hell. Like, I just hated it until Harry Potter. And then I started to like reading. And then you started giving me books at some point to read. And so, I mean, it all built kind of on you. Like, you, yeah. without you, I don't think I would have cared at all. <laughs> it is weird because I feel like you do read a lot now. It's very strange how that's all shifted. Yeah, I have a whole library, so I mean, <laughs> you know, that's fair. It's kind of how it goes. But I think I've always been a storyteller, though. Mm. My whole life has been... I think it's just because my life is full of stories. And that was just how, when I moved around so much, people didn't know anything about me, obviously. I didn't just stay in one place where people were witness to your whole life. So everywhere I moved, I would have to tell stories for people to get to know me. And so then that's just became part of who I am as people know me for my crazy outlandish stories. Yeah, you could have like a bibliography. I think it would have to be like just complete nonsense, though. And people, like, and people would be like, I don't know if this is true. Yeah, I think one <laughs> section would be like, didn't die, though. <laughs> That'd just be one whole chunk. That and, Things like, that I did where I didn't die. But did you die? <laughs> like, I be, probably should have. Probably should have a few times. And then the next one would be like, I didn't think I had a love life, but everyone else did. <laughs> so, here's that. I think it would be a good book. <laughs> it would be, be kind of weird. I mean, you know, especially because we're not like particularly famous or anything. So it's like, I'm just going to write bibliography. I'll just write a whole thing of short or an stories. autobiography, yeah. sorry. An autobiography. And when we become famous, I'll then publish it. It'll be done already. <laughs> I'll be like, I did this already, I already guys. Did this. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the next part, which I guess is like the why do we care? So this is kind of more the current thing. Oh, actually, I guess I should have mentioned too. Uh, well, okay. I don't know if I should talk a little bit about my writing journey at all because I mean like I kind of talked about it as a kid I kind of just did it here and there um some things I guess that are kind of interesting about the fact that I've been a writer for a long time is very avid about it when I was a kid there was probably a certain point in time where I thought that that was what I wanted to do with my life but I don't know I was really weird as a kid I could never figure it out to be honest with you I had things I like knew I didn't want to be but when it came to like what do you want to do with your life, Chris? I was like, I'm the panic. I don't know. So I just kind of always viewed writing as like a thing. I mean, if ultimately, like if I ever became a writer, that would have been like the dream goal. But I didn't view it as like a, I have to make this happen for sure. Like go to college, all of this kind of stuff. Because obviously I became a chemist. We've, we've talked about that before. Um, and so when I was younger, I wrote like a few projects on and off. There were like some things I wrote more. I did probably around the age of 12, I wrote like a book. Like it was like a full thing that I finished and wrote. Um, but then from there, it was kind of like on and off projects. It was never really things that like I necessarily finished or anything maybe that I super cared about. And then when I went to college, I basically gave it up. 
which was kind of sad. Not so great. I mean, I think we've talked about this before a yeah, few times. Yours was writing and mine was music. And we're both like on the brink of tears when we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was... I, and there was a lot of reasons. I think one was just because I didn't view it necessarily as being the most productive. You know, I wasn't... Like, if I wasn't going to pursue it wholeheartedly, like, kind of what was the point? And, yeah. you know, I was nervous about the money thing because, you know, being an artist and this and that. And then I think I also had, like, some issues with writing it for a while. I didn't, like, have a great way to write things. Like, I had some computers, but I think the computers that I have, like, didn't have a great writing system. So, like, I wouldn't enjoy doing it as much. And then, basically, when this is kind of a segue into this next section... Basically what happened was the year that sucked completely, where all of these different things came out, and it was awful. Like, it was basically Game of Thrones. Um, I think this wasn't maybe at the same time, but, like, Dexter had come out maybe a couple of years before, and that was terrible. Uh, Star Wars ended, and that was pretty terrible. And I think I just got really mega depressed about it. And it was one of these things where I was super angry, and I was like, I this just makes me so mad. I need to do something about this. And then from there, well, actually, there's one more step to this. I started listening to a podcast, which is The Adventure Zone, which some people know about, which is basically a D&D podcast. And for whatever reason, this podcast just kind of finally broke me out of my rut where I didn't feel like I needed to 100% know what I was talking about, be basically Tolkien or bust in order to write. It was kind of like, no, just have fun with it. You can make a story that's just fun. It doesn't have to be like the most epic thing in the universe. Just write because you like it. So that's kind of my thing. And I don't know, maybe we'll get back to it as we're kind of talking about some of these other things. But that's just kind of like how I've gotten to the place where I am now, which is more... Just writing for the fun of it. I would love someday if I could be published. That would be a totally cool thing. But I just like writing. I enjoy writing stories. I should do it because I like it. Yeah. So. Well, that is a topic we talk about all the time that we obviously personally struggle with. But we try to encourage people where we're like, if you enjoy it, just do it. Fuck everything else. Like, find the time. It's part of your me time. It's part of your own therapy. Like, just do it. You don't have to make money off of it. You don't have to please or, what's the word, prove anything to anybody else. Like, it's for you, and that's enough. Yeah. 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 So, talking about kind of the now, the why do we care about writing and storytelling? Is there anything that you want to say? I've been, like, giving you this episode, and you keep just passing it back. Like, well, no, just, you I'm talk. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say? I mean, I can start talking about some of these, No, like... fine. I'll take it. Give me the okay. mic. <laughs> okay. So, as I mentioned, I'm more of a storyteller than I am a writer, I would say. And I always have been. I think stories are part of what makes us human. Like, that's been a consistency throughout time. It doesn't matter what culture or what time period. People have always told stories. And that, to me, is, like, true human connection. You don't have to necessarily agree on anything else, and someone can like your story. Like, that's just part of it. And there's, like, a beauty in that, and that that's typically how I connect to people is I start telling stories. So 
I guess that's as a writer is a way to reach more people with your voice in a way. But Krista was going on about all these stories that just upset her. And what was funny is, I mean, I've read a lot, but I also am ADHD, which means I don't remember <laughs> most of what I read. So I was trying to think of like novels that upset me, but I also just get bored. What will happen is, is I'll start a series and it'll be like 20 books and I'll read two books a week, like 500 pages each forever. And then just one day, one book, just, I just don't like it anymore. <laughs> I just stop. Like I don't need it to end. Right. So I'm never, I'm not as disappointed as Krista ends up being. Like I can just stop things and be like, well, I won't remember shit anyway. <laughs> like it doesn't, it's not going to bother me. <laughs> and I do it a lot and it has irritated like pretty much everyone I've ever dated that I'll just like be watching a show with them and I'll just stop being interested. And I'm like, you can keep watching. And they're like, no, I started with you. I want to finish. I'm like, I don't give a shit about it. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> So that is pretty funny. That's that's on your own time. Like, I don't I don't care. <laughs> um, so like I said, because of that part of my personality, I don't have big disappointments in that way. Um, but I would say one that was in particular because we mentioned shows and movies and things because it's like a story building. Is Supernatural really bothered me, and that's because well, it went on for too long, like. I understand there was, I think it was, I don't know if it was the writer's strike or what, but essentially they got canceled on season four and then season five, they just had to bullshit their way and in, back into a story, but they did it and it was great. Like they created a new character, Castiel, that everyone liked, but I love character development. If it's a show or a book or anything, that's one of the big things. I love to see people change and grow. And so the ultimate thing to kill a book or a TV series is if the characters don't fucking change because mm. it's boring. Like after so long, it's the same stuff. And Supernatural, any slight sliver of character development the two main characters got was always rewritten or undone. And I'm like, what's the fucking point? Like season yeah. one and season 10, they're the same goddamn people. And that's stupid. Like they kept having like memory wipes. And things, yeah. They right? would just, it's essentially still like one is the demon child and feels ultimate guilt, but is technically the goody boy because of that. And the other one's like, oh, protective brother and angst. And I'm like, get it. Fuck. Like, it's so boring now. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, too, that I have problems with, I mean, to talk about Supernatural as part of this, is I don't like things that never end. I know that this is a thing they love to do in TV shows and stuff. I'm like, please. You have to end it. It is so, like, after a while, I just cannot care anymore. It doesn't matter how interesting the story is. It doesn't matter what a rich narrative you've weaved. I cannot be interested for 20 seasons in a TV show. Like, I just can't do it. My brain, my poor little brain, I can't do it. No, that's my rant, is, like, <laughs> we've mentioned it before. Nerds don't like endings, and I'm fucking tired of it. Like, just let things end. They're supposed to. Like, that's the point. All of my favorite, I don't know why I said it like that. All my favorite shows and movies and whatnot, they knew the ending before they even started. And most of the things I like are trilogy. They're just three, which is the perfect kind of like the beginning is a little bit of everything and backfiller. The second part is a lot of filler with like the history and the backstory and the best fight scene or most epic moment. And then the third one's all the epic moments left. Like, it's, that's the flow. That is the good way to do things. And, like, move, shows like Futurama, Breaking Bad. I don't personally like Breaking Bad that much, but 
Yeah. I can appreciate what it is. Penny Dreadful, they all had an ending and ended at a good time. Yeah, I was going to talk about Breaking Bad as well. Like, I think, like, looking back, I don't know if Breaking Bad was, like, my favorite show ever or whatever. It's just, I did appreciate it for the fact that it had a story, it had an up, and then it had an end. And the thing about the ending was it made sense. It was, like, one of the few that came out during that time that actually made sense. And actually, it kind of annoyed me there for a while because I think Breaking Bad started a weird trend where everybody felt like they had to have edgy endings because this happened with How I Met Your Mother. And this also happened with another bad one that I get to talk about, Dexter, where Dexter just, like, that ending was disrespectful. so bad. So it, disrespectful. Like, after it was over, I, like, felt like I was going to be sick. Like, that's how bad it was. It was like, Why? All of this does not make any sense at all. And like, I've said this before. So one of the things that makes a really good story versus what makes a bad story, I think sometimes people get confused about this idea of like twists and like subversing expectations, you know, that kind of thing. When you do it correctly, it's great and wonderful and it's a total surprise and it kills. However, when you do it badly, for example, like Dexter, it just feels like a betrayal. Like, and so the big thing with Dexter was basically the whole entire plot. Okay, he was a serial killer. In case you don't know about Dexter. <laughs> He's a serial killer with a conscience, essentially. But they, code. they made a really big deal out of being like, he's a good guy. That was like the whole message that they went across the whole entire time. And then the ending was essentially like, no, we're going to treat him like he's the worst guy possible. Absolutely. Like he's just going to get completely shit on. And it's like, but you spent <laughs> seven seasons of ba basically trying to convince me that that wasn't true. You could have been more gray. You could have, you know, had him have more bad guy moments, but you didn't do that. Like you had him like, he specifically went after other serial killers or like, you know, he didn't, he wouldn't kill certain people because it messed with his code. And like, he tried to do good things essentially. And it's like, so for you to have the ending be just basically like completely shitting on him, it was so bad. Yeah. And, um, well, the key to a good twist is that when you go back and watch again, you can see how they got there. I think when they just do a twist to do one, it just makes you mad because you're like, why? Where did that, what was the point? Where did that come from? But if, even if you didn't pick up on the little things that led to this twist, there's still a part of you that kind of knows about them. So when you get there, it's like, oh my God, like your mind's blown. But then you piece it all together and it all just like makes sense. It's part of the journey with it. Like for instance, one of our favorite video games, Jade Empire, that twist to this day fucks with us. And like every time we replay the game, we're like, fuck you. Like, we just, like, we get so mad <laughs> from the beginning at the character that, like, does the twist on you. And you're just like, piece of shit, I hate you. And anytime he says anything, we're like, fuck you and everything you are. Like, we're just so mad. Well, even the thing that's funny, too, is there are, like, a couple moments where yes. it's, like, it hints at it. And then, like, especially, because I remember, like, the first time I played, I did not see it coming at all. Like, no. it was just not a thing that I expected. And then I went back and I played it again, because that's what I do when I really like a game. And then I was like, <gasps> like you there was a piece of shit. There was a couple moments where this character would say things, and I'm like, 
I should have known. <laughs> you did say that weird. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Why did I know? Or, well, even two. Another one to kind of talk about this, because this is another thing I put on my bad list, and it's a bad that I'm sure that everybody knows about. Game of Thrones. And part of the reason why I'm going to put it on here is because this is a good example of this, where when it did it correctly, it did it wonderfully, beautifully, correctly. And then when it did it wrong, it was like complete revenge. Like, I'm so entirely angry. I cannot believe you did this to the story. Because, for example, things like Ned Stark dying, uh, the Red Wedding, you know, like all of those things, especially like if you go back and you rewatch those seasons that lead up to that, it totally makes sense. Like Ned was doing a bunch of really stupid stuff. Like he was basically going into things that he shouldn't have been. He was asking questions where he probably shouldn't have been. He wasn't being careful enough and he got killed. It made sense. Then for the Red Wedding, it was kind of the same thing. Like it was essentially, it's Rob, that's what his name is, Rob Stark. He was going around doing a bunch of really stupid things. He wasn't being very smart about the war. He kept making all these stupid mistakes. And even like towards the end, he was like losing a bunch of battles. So by the time the Red Wedding happened, it was like, yeah, I mean, it hurts. Yeah, it sucks. I don't, I like those characters. I don't want them to be dead. But it, in retrospect, it made sense. Yeah. And then there was the real ending of Game of Thrones, which when you talk about bad storytelling... This is probably, like, the best example that you could use. And it's, it hurts so bad, especially for me, somebody who cares about storytelling so much, because some of the moments in Game of Thrones that were good were some of the best storytelling, and honestly, almost anything at all, ever. And then for it to be so bad at the end, it was just like, I felt it. <laughs> I felt it right in the heart. <laughs> it, it just... To me, it was disrespectful is how I put it, because everything about it was lazy is how I see it. Like there was it wasn't like the costume people were on the ball still. They did. They made a bunch of mistakes. They did a bunch of outfits that made no fucking sense and looked weird, like you were saying. And then the editing was poor in it. They left a coffee cup in a scene. And then with all the storylines, it's like they just went online and Googled like what fans thought of. Yeah. And picked a handful and then just did one chaotic thing. And that was to pick who was going to be the king in the end, just to piss everyone off. Like, I distinctly remember at GameStop, we had a Funko Pop series to anticipate that season. And it showed, like, six different characters on the throne. And it was kind of like a game. You're supposed to try to pick the one that would be it because it'd be worth money. No, they didn't come out with that dumbass pick. Like, and even one of the characters is like, what the fuck? Like, in the show. And it, it, everything about it, like, they just, they yeah. were so lazy. I can understand that they were done. I would probably be sick of that show, too. I mean, I can tell it takes a lot of effort. It was, you know, what, 10 years of them working on it. I can understand being done with it, but they, it's your last run, man. Like, yeah. I think, mm -hmm. from what I understand, what happened, uh, the two guys, I can't think of their names right now, the people who wrote it, George Essentially, R. R. well, no, the, oh, the script writers. It's D and D, but I don't remember what the these stand for. Anyway, <laughs> when they got the script, because they got the script originally, like very first season, they went to George R. R. Martin and were basically like, "Hey, we want to do this," 
and he like quizzed them all this stuff like made sure they were true fans all this stuff and he basically said he wouldn't give the script to anybody else so they probably got to a point where they were kind of sick of it whatever but then they couldn't transfer it to somebody else because of that stipulation like it basically had to be them and i think even like hbo didn't want to end it I don't even think George R. R. Martin wanted to end it. It was like essentially them being like, we don't want to do this anymore, but you won't let us transfer the rights to somebody else. And so we're going to write the <laughs> shittiest season you've ever fucking seen on TV. Yeah. It still sucks. I'm not like saying, you know, this, that, or the other about it, but it is, it, they could have definitely handled it better. Like, I think if George R. R. Martin had found somebody else who he liked to pass the script on to, you know, something like that. But yeah, instead it just ended up with, it's so bad and nobody, nobody was happy. And it's just, it's so bad too, because even looking at it, there's, there's things where you could be like, okay, this could make sense. Like if you had the timing and you like worked your way into it or whatever. But then, like you said too, there were just all these things that were so stupid and just so like, they forced it in there. Because, like, I know the one, and, you know, just to be fair, I mean, for anybody who cares, I'm just going to spoil some things in Game of Thrones. I think ever no one really cares anymore. Nobody's telling anybody watch Game of Thrones anymore. No. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest one that irritated me was the Sansa thing. And it's not because I disagreed with it. It was because it was like, so wait a minute, you're going to do this whole thing where you're going to purposefully unify the lands. Like, under one king, you're going to make it kind of more of a democracy, kind of. But then the north is just going to be separated. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> All of you band together. We're going to fuck off because we hate you. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that that's kind of like where the story, like, the north story was leading. But that explanation didn't make any sense and it just it irritated me so and even to the king thing where bran ended up being the king it was like so wait a minute so the king the kingdoms are going to be unified under bran your brother but you're going to say fuck off the north is separated <laughs> what <laughs> um I still love her for when they're like, yeah, Bran will be king. She's like, what about his dick? Like, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of the whole season. And she just straight up was like, uh, did anyone, is anyone questioning how he's going to have kids? Like, no, I'm the only one that thinks about his dick working. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that was the, that was the under, that was the highlight of the whole season. <laughs> yeah, no, there I didn't... were... So many, I don't think I liked any storyline, like how it was resolved. There are ones I'm okay with, like I guess, yeah. but it's mostly minor characters. For the most part, I don't like any of it. Yeah, and I think like one of the things too is they, they didn't answer a bunch of questions. They left a lot of really like hanging thread things. Yeah, I think even like the thing with Ario was kind of weird and out of nowhere. Um... So, like, for example, the whole Daenerys thing where um, she always kind of had this thing where it was like, oh, I can't get pregnant. And, like, they brought that up, like, multiple times. And then it just kind of ended up not being anything. And I was like, so why do we waste so much time on this? Like, you brought this up, like, almost every single season. And it was nothing. Yeah. And there was, all, there was a few things like that. Like, I know one of the other ones a lot of people got mad about was, like, all the symbols. Because, like, when the... Um, 
white walkers or whatever, when they'd kill people, they'd like leave them in a symbol, you know, on the ground. It was like, what was that? <laughs> we going to answer it? Is there any reason here? No, there was just a whole bunch of things. No reason. But if we want to talk about things that are more, at least what I consider to be good stories, I know one that I really ended up liking a lot, which I'll maybe talk about this and then maybe we can move on, is I really liked um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Did you play that one? That ended up being actually like a story that really stuck with me for a long time and I wasn't expecting it. And also it was weird because I could not give a shit about the gameplay in that game. Like, there was all these times where it'd be like, hey, you should, like, go do this side quest. And I'd be like, nah, fuck off. I'm getting to the store. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I cannot stand the gameplay. I don't know. I think it's just because Horizon Zero Dawn kind of tried to be an RPG. I mean, I, I think it technically is an RPG, but I just did not enjoy the RPG elements in that game. Like... They didn't really lead anywhere that was interesting. It was not interesting to gather resources. I couldn't give a shit about killing the dinosaur robots. Like, I was like, I just don't. I, don't. I gave a shit about killing all the dinosaur robots. Okay. Well, <laughs> you kill all the dinosaur robots. I did, yeah. Well, what would happen is I'd come across one and be like, oh, fuck. And then spend way too long because I'm way unprepared to kill it. And then within the next hour, I get the quest. It's like, hey, do you know about that big old dinosaur out there? We need to go kill it. I'm like, bitch, I already did. You're going to make me do it again. <laughs> it was so hard. All my resources are gone. <laughs> yeah, I know the one that got me. The Thunderjaw. In the middle of the desert. Whatever. Is that the crocodile thing? Oh, the crocodile things. I hated Those the crocodiles. Those ones got me really bad. The thing but... that got me was the Thunderbird or whatever it is. The, oh, like, yeah. giant hawk of thunder that you're just, like, wandering through the jungle. Oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah, I think I basically just kind of noped with that one. Like, any time I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Because I think at one point they made you fight one, or it maybe it was something equivalent, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just want to go do the story. But, <laughs> but anyway, the point that I was getting at was I really liked the story in that one, and, and I would say that it's probably a fairly generic story. It's not like the most inventive thing ever, but it's kind of a mystery where, you know, you're kind of in this world and you don't really know what's going on. I mean, you maybe you have some kind of ideas about it, but there's like a lot of mystery as to like, why are there dinosaur robots? Why is everybody here super primitive? What What is happening? What is going on? And you kind of like get these hints that there used to be other humans and like essentially you're almost like a second race of humans and i just i don't know i liked a lot where it ended up and even even some of the moments where they were like leading into that because i think that this was another one where they had like little audiobook things that you could pick up and like get kind of background story things and there was a few of those where it was like it was devastating yeah. some of them like they were they would tell stuff and i'm like I feel like I'm gonna, yeah, they're gonna just cry like, a little bit. Well, today was my daughter's birthday, and they just talk about like their daughter, and you're just like, oh my god, <laughs> why? Yeah. Or they'll be like, they keep moving us. I feel like sheep, like a sheep in here, and then they kind of pause. It was the way like the inflection they had, like it wasn't just a codex. They were sitting there. You hear their voices, and they yeah. have this like. They're human. Like, they have human connections and stuff. And so you get to wander through. They're not just a random codex. You're like, cool, ignore. 
You hear all of it while you're wandering around. I know. The one that really got me was, it was, I think it was like a series of three of them. And basically the first one was like this message from like a husband to their wife. Like they're in the military, right? And just being like, hey, you know, things are, um, we're getting shipped this way or, you know, kind of whatever. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And then you get a second one. And it's like very similar to the first one, but like you can tell that something's like not right with it. And then like accompanying that is like a message from the wife being like, hey, like, are you sure if something doesn't seem right? Like there's something wrong. I don't like understand what's going on. And then there's like a third one where you can like clearly tell it's been edited pretty heavily. And then her response to it just being like, I think my husband's dead and they're not telling me that he is dead. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Nobody will give me any answers. I've gotten like three messages that are like essentially exactly the same. And it just, it was like, oh, Oh, (laughs) my heart. (laughs) And especially because at the point in that, at that point in the story, like you did kind of, you knew what was happening. So it was just kind of like, my poor heart. (laughs) That was just one where by the end of it, I had so many feelings and I, I don't know. I just, I really liked that story. I was not expecting to like that story at all. And I really liked that story. A lot of things I really liked about it was I have this new, I wouldn't say new. I have this trend of mine. I like females that are unlikable in stories. (laughs) That's how I want to put it because for so long, females have been like one or two notes. And stories, and popular stories, I guess I should say. And it's almost always pleasant. Like, even when they're weird, they're still really alluring and pleasant. Like, let's take Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She's the weirdo, but she's also the most beautiful person, and she's so smart and, like, wonder, and everyone technically loves her. They just think she's weird. Like, oh, that's the closest you can get to a a normal person that's female. Like, okay, she's not to have flaws. (laughs) So, like, Aloy from the beginning, is not very likable. Like, you're playing her, and I find her to be extremely annoying. Like, I get why she is, which is one of the reasons why it didn't bother me when she started playing. But I like that pretty much no one fucking likes her. (laughs) Including herself. Like, she doesn't even like herself. And that people start realizing, like, oh, she's just kind of weird. She doesn't mean to, like, she's trying to help people. (laughs) She's not She's not a shitty person. She's just fucked up. Like, let's, let's let her help. <laughs> yeah, she was basically like an outcast. Yeah, like... So she doesn't have people experience. Yeah, she doesn't have any people skills. So all, it all makes sense. But I like that even though they could have easily gone into the trope of she's really, like, eccentric and people think she's gorgeous and weird. They're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you can help, I guess. <laughs> All right. Why do you have the thing on your head? Okay, what? I don't know you. (laughs) Keep talking in that space and looking at things. We're just going to let you do that. (laughs) You want to help us? Fine. Yeah, and a couple of us will hit on you because that's always fun, but otherwise nothing will come of it. Yeah, (laughs) nothing does come of it. I did like flirting with them. The one guy, though, with not the king, the other one that you can flirt with that lost his sister. I think I did flirt with the king. I I flirted with both, but, like, it was more fun to (laughs) <laughs> but I thought I think I flirted with the king because I was like, is anything gonna happen? And nothing yeah, did. Nothing does. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know why I flirted. No, I was mean to the king. I was like, you just want to use me as a booty call. It's like I know you loved Ursa, <laughs> and he's like, you're right. You just remind me of her because you're so strong, and you're like, bitch, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I got red dreads. You see these dreads, <laughs> and I can do whatever I want. I don't need you. Yeah, but I will say. 
that there is a second coming out to this, mm-hmm. and I honestly don't know if I'll play it. I am very on the fence about it because I really liked this story, but where the story ends, I'm like, there's no two. There can't be a two. It was a definite ending. So I'm, and the other part problem is too, is I really hated the RPG elements in this game. I don't know. Maybe you'll play it and you'll tell me if you like it or not. But I'm just, (laughs) honestly, I'm, I've seen trailers for it and I'm like, "Eh, it looks kind of pretty, but like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to convince me because right now I like that first story so much that I'm afraid that to do this and that you'll ruin it, (laughs) please don't. Yeah, I'll play it and let you know. (laughs) Because I don't mind the gameplay. I like killing dinosaurs. <laughs> well, I'm glad that somebody did because I didn't. I didn't. I was just like, I, I think I played it a little bit at the beginning. And then after a while, I was like, nah, beeline to the finish. I just started ignoring things. I would like go to cities and I'm like, yeah, where's the quest? All right. I had a hard time with that final boss. Yeah, I, I can imagine because you're not leveled. I was not prepared. I literally like this first half, I went through the main quest line, ignored everybody. And then as soon as I had trouble... With the main quest, I was like, all right. And, like, went off and did everything else. Like, every single underground map COVID thing. COVID. <laughs> Coven thing. I did like those. Those were kind of Those cool. were interesting. Where you unlocked, those. like, the new creature type. And mm-hmm. I did all those. I hunted everything. I didn't do a lot of the teeny tiny sign quests. Because I'm like, I don't give a shit about none of you people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did a handful of, like, my wife's lost in the woods ones. But... I didn't do any in the city where they're like, can you go find this rare flower? I'm like, how about no? It's a waste of my goddamn time. (laughs) So did you want to talk about any of the other ones on your list? I think my two favorite kinds of stories, especially talking and movie or show wise, not particularly the novels. Novels, I tend to just read series and get lost in them or bored. (laughs) But I love one movies that like are deep inherently like dark or sad or have a lot to them but always end on a positive note like I don't I could be sad for the whole rest of the movie but I want it to end on a good note so that you feel good about it you don't just dread watching it or anything like that but there's beauty in the darkness of it and the movie I would use for that would be Shawshank Redemption that's a very dark and deep movie but has like but the music and the light ending where like it all turns out the bad people get what's coming to them. The good people get what's going to them. That's a perfect story to me. Like, that's just the movement of it and everything. And the obvious character development of pretty much everybody in there. I mean, the movie's not, doesn't give a lot of screen time to everybody, but almost everybody is changed by this main character in one way or another. And I really like how that movement works. And then my other favorite movies are when they've got like 20 components going on. And you don't know or ha- know how or why if any of them are connected. You're just watching it. And then it all comes to, like, one moment. <laughs> and it's the most beautiful moment. Like, you get all this backstory for this one singular moment. <laughs> and it's the greatest part of the movie. And the two movies I can really think of are particularly Crazy Stupid Love. It's, like, one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. Because it's, like, you had no idea this shit was really connected. They were loosely which is why you didn't think about it, but they were so connected and it's so amazing how it ends up. And then another one, I just forgot it. Shit. What was the other one I just thought? Oh, and the other one would be The Help. It doesn't have the exact same 
feel that I'm talking about where it's like 20 different storylines going on at once. But they keep hinting at this moment. And like all these characters are affected by this moment in a different way. And you don't know, since you have no idea what the moment is, you don't know what is and isn't supposed to be affected by it. And then when that moment is revealed, it just makes the movie. Like it just sets that moment where you're like, oh my God. Like, that's why all that shit was happening because of this. <laughs> and now I'm privy to it. Like, <laughs> like some secret that every other character knew but you and you get to figure it out with them and just create this whole thing with the movie. I definitely feel that way about Crazy Stupid Love. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's a beautifully funny movie. made scene. Like, that is a very funny movie, too. People should watch that. That's a, it's, a it's a pretty good movie. It's, I mean, it's kind of like a romantic comedy. I guess that's what you would... I guess that's what you would put it in the category of, but yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it's more comedy than romance, even though the whole subject matter is all about relationships. Because it's about more than one, it doesn't feel like heavy-handed or overdone. It's like the story romance of five different couples. And so because of that, it doesn't feel just like some corny girly movie. It feels like a comedy that happens to be about romance. It's a solid movie. But then the ending. It just all comes together. <laughs> so to perfect. one beautiful moment. One perfect moment. <laughs> you David Lynn Hagen? <laughs> just, like, every part of that scene is perfect. <laughs> every Any movie can have a perfect moment. And that's what you should aim for, is that perfect moment. And hopefully the perfect moment is more towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not like, why am I still here? <laughs> I saw this perfect moment. I'm done. I'm done. We're over it. <laughs> we got Boba again. But hopefully we won't be as annoying about <laughs> as as we were last time. That was probably one of my more favorite endings just because <laughs> Boba next. Well, there was like this one part where it was like a pretty good section where we were just drinking Boba. And I was like, well... <laughs> There you go. Yes, this is the ending. It's a weird episode where we talk mostly about theater and then just boba slurping noises. <laughs> Inappropriate <laughs> slurping noises. Okay, so it's my story time. And I didn't want to talk about something that was like too related to stories or writing or whatever. So the story that I have chosen to tell is a story that I told a lot when I was younger. I think Julie was talking about how I used this for some kind of uh, interview. Yeah, audition or something. I don't even remember why, but whatever. I guess we like maybe had to tell a story You're or something. You're supposed to tell a funny story, and I critiqued you because I'm like, that's not funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. But I still thought it was pretty funny. So, set up to this story. Uh, Julie and I... Come from, well, Julie's kind of weird. She's kind of weird. Yeah, we come from the land down under now. (laughs) The land of the corn, but like a smaller kind of, I guess you call it a town that is in this land of the corn place. It's not very big is basically the point that I'm getting at. So there was around this time, because this would have been around the time we were in high school, that there was this particular light. That for whatever reason, I could not tell you, it took so long for this light to change. And I think it was because the main stretch of it was like basically like a highway. And then you had two stretches off the side of it that was just like a two lane regular kind of road. So if you were on the two lane road wanting to turn left, basically, 
You could be sitting there for like 10 minutes. And I swear, if you went there late at night. Oh, it wouldn't turn. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you'd should have to, I go? Yeah. I ran a couple red lights. Like, I'm like, I waited so long. <laughs> Do you not know I'm here? There's nobody Keep here. reversing and pulling back up. Like, come on, buddy. It, it was, it's weird too. Cause like, especially when it's that late at night, it's like, there's nobody there. There's nothing no. to do on that road that late at night. It's empty. So it's just like you sitting at this light. And it's like, please, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. But anyway, so I was sitting at this light. And across the way, there was this guy who was in another small car. And I think it must have been just like not a very busy day or the way that our cars were positioned, whatever. I could like clearly see this guy. Like I like almost had like, just full view of this guy. And he was just rocking out. Just completely, like, banging on his drum. Like, it's, I would guess he was probably listening to, like, some metal music. Because that was kind of the way he was doing it. It wasn't, like, a gentle drumming or anything. Wasn't it was no like, Neil Diamond. Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> full head banging. Like, he was into it. And, I mean, we were sitting there for, like, like I said, like, ten minutes or something. And I'm just sitting there across the way just watching this guy. <laughs> drumming out and being like I don't I guess I don't know what to do here there's none I like Air guitar. He, he wasn't like paying any attention to me he was just like full drumming out for like 10 minutes and then eventually you know the light turned and we <laughs> parted ways but it was just one of these things where just sitting there like because I just had such a good view of him and this guy just like relentlessly did not let up for 10 minutes it was like a feat to stamina and everything. And then we just went our separate ways. Never saw Drummer Man again. <laughs> no, but I do think about him sometimes. You know. <laughs> Where is he now? <laughs> when I'm at very long lights and I'm like, man, I wish he was back because I'm pretty bored. <laughs> Especially when I'm at that light. Because that light still exists and I think it's still a problem. <laughs> the Drummer Man. I don't know. You live closer to that light so you can tell me if it's a problem still. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> The weird one, weird thing was, is I was at that light at, like, 6 in the morning. Uh, no, it had been, it was, like, 5.30 in the morning. And I don't, I'm one of those people, I probably wouldn't notice that drummer man. I don't pay no attention to nobody when I'm sitting in the light. <laughs> like, I'm either in my own head or on the phone or singing or doing, like, I'm the person you watch. <laughs> I'm not the person who watches. And I got a message from, like, one of my exes from years ago. The same message, like, were you at this intersection at, like, 5.30 in the morning? I went, maybe. I saw you. All right. Like, what, what, am I, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> it's just, it was one of those weird, like, okay. <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like I notice people in cars a lot. I'm not really sure why that that is, but I don't normally notice them doing anything particularly bizarre, I guess. It just, I don't know, this one time for whatever reason. And it's weird, too, because that intersection, the lanes, like, across are pretty long. But I don't know, much like our Seattle story, apparently when I see something, I'm just like, whoa. And I'm very observant because, I don't know, I watched this drummer man for a very long time. <laughs> and it was very good. Now, I think I'm the one people watch. Because whenever I have a lot of instances where I just look over and I'm, like, <laughs> horrified when I'm stuffing my face with a taco or sushi or something. And then I sing a lot, and I'm animated when I sing, so I mean, I think people probably watch me. <laughs> Not to sound conceited, I think that's just what <laughs> happens. And I've had people in traffic get out of their car to come talk to me. 
So I definitely think I'm the one being watched. <laughs> what do people say to you? Usually hitting on me. <laughs> yeah, I was like in traffic on one of the main highways we have. And it was the kind that you'd stop for about two minutes and then move a little bit. Stop for two minutes. And he like was in front of me. And just, like, or no, he was behind me, came up behind me, and then got in front of me. And honked at me and said something, like, when he was getting in front of me, and I just let him over. Like, I don't care. And then, yeah, he parked his car and got out to talk to me. And thanked me for, like, letting him over. And, like, you're so sweet, and you're pretty. Like, he hit on me. And I was like, dude, you need to get back in your car. (laughs) Like, let's go. I'm not here to be head I'm on. I'm here. trying to go home. Like, there's, you need to move forward. <laughs> so now we probably should talk about the project at hand. The, nah, no, write more. Uh, that's just how I'm going to say it. <laughs> write more, write more. Write more. Uh, so we're going to kind of go over some tips for people because I think everyone is a bit of a storyteller or writer, however you want to do it, uh, whether it's journaling or novels or facts or whatever you want to do we think that everyone is able to write it's one of those skills actually i feel that way about most skills is that you just gotta put time and effort into it and sometimes it's overwhelming to start so we wanted to kind of give you a rundown of how this project works and what we suggest writing tips wise mm-hmm. so for national novel writing month Essentially, the goal is you're supposed to write 50,000 words, which is quite a lot. And especially kind of thinking over crunching the numbers and stuff, I realize it's quite a lot. But essentially, the purpose of it is to write the first draft of your novel in a month. A very, very ambitious goal. And especially, you know, if your novel is more than 50,000 words, which is possible. So like, trying to think of like what would be a good example of 50,000 words um I feel like it would probably have to be a book that's around the three to 500 page kind of mark that's what that would be just my rough guess having written okay that's a very bad rough guess (laughs) the great Gatsby is about 50,000 words of mice and men fight club Uh, so that's a pretty short the giver yeah the giver is really short so it's a pretty short book because I know with fantasies, that fantasies are more like 100,000 words. Yeah. Which, I don't know what that translates to either. But, okay, so like a shorter book. So probably like, like less, less than, than 200 pages. Yeah, something like that. So, tips for doing this. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm really the best to give tips about this specific thing in general. But I can definitely give tips about writing. And, like, things that I've found that have worked to be a better writer and kind of like Julie was saying I think that anybody can write I think like the biggest hurdles to writing are the just doing it part because I think like so a lot of the things that I've sort of subscribed to recently have kind of said this that you've just really just got to put it down whatever it is and like it helps for sure to kind of like start with um an outline, I guess, would be the way that I would say it. You know, decide what your story is going to be about. Like, maybe write, like, a small summary. Decide your characters. Decide, like, essentially the flow of the plot. Um, doing that stuff definitely helps. Like, I'm not going to say that that stuff doesn't help. But the biggest hindrance 
to people not writing is just you physically not doing it. And I know that that kind of sounds like trash, terrible advice, but like, believe me, it really, it really is. Because if you can sit there and just power through it, put, even if it sucks, like, because this is even too, this is the big thing. You're going to hate it. I'm going to tell you, this is the secret that nobody tells you that probably everybody tells you. You're going to hate it at first. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to hate every single thing. But the thing is, is that if you don't write it down, it will never be written down. That is just what will happen. You could sit there wow. and, and try to like perfect it. Well, no, because I did that for a long time. No, we both did. It was kind yeah. of more of a joke. Like when you say it, it sounds silly. You're just like, you got to write it down or it will never be written down. And yeah, that sounds silly. But when you think about it, how many times do you talk about an idea or how many nights do you just like think about it when you're trying to sleep or when you're driving, you're just create this whole world of this whole plot line and to you it's almost done like when you think of it you're like oh man that was great I'll write it down and then you don't and you don't remember all those details you don't remember everything that you just thought about and it goes to the wayside you just never do it so it's super easy to think about it and almost feel like it's complete because you had that thought and you're proud of yourself for that thought but you didn't write it down so it didn't happen it doesn't matter like no one else will know about it you'll never remember it like yeah. And there's that. And there is just also the thing of, I think, just powering through it. Because what I said is very real. Like, so I talked about how when I was a kid, I wrote a book. I wrote another book three years ago. And then I wrote something a little bit more recently that's like a novella. So those are three things like that I've finished. They're not published or anything. I think I said that before. But like, I would say that they are completed works. Like I did it. I did the thing that I wanted to. I feel good about it. All that kind of stuff. And the biggest thing for me was just physically, no matter how uncomfortable I felt about it, just write it down. Like, cause you can sit there and you can think about semantics. You can think about, oh, this isn't perfect. Like I need it to like be better. This really sucks. Like this isn't the way I want this scene to be, you know, all this stuff. And like, I think that it's good to think about those things. But when you're writing it, you need to just write it down. You need to get through chapter, 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 all the way to the end. And just think about those things, like, while you're writing it. Because once you get to the end, you can go back and fix things. But the problem is, is that if you never get to the end, you'll never do it. Right. So at least if you get one draft, you did it. <laughs> you did the thing. Be proud. Yeah, I would say at least in my youth, probably now too, uh, my biggest thing is I would write, let's say I wrote 50 pages, okay? Started it, had a good meaty start. I would go back and read it, not like most of it, and then just start over again. And Or I'd just write certain pieces and be like, well, now that doesn't make sense because I did this and I decided that like it's my ADHD brain coming up with 10 ideas that I didn't technically write for. And so now what I try to do is I don't even read the whole thing over again because it's one that's just feeding it into your brain and making you hate it more and more. I read what's relevant to what I last wrote, like within the last chapter or so, and then continue from there. And like you said, just write it down and that's your first draft. You can always go back, clean it up, like fix it or do whatever else, or even write another one and use that one as reference, like however it needs to be done. Yeah. 
So just keep pushing forward. <laughs> yeah, and even too, one of the things that I just learned about is I saw this on Facebook or something, where essentially if you come to a part where you're really unsure of it, so I don't know, we'll just like pretend you've come to a scene, it's like a ballroom scene or whatever, this really big expansive thing, and you're like, oh fuck, like I gotta, I gotta like think of music, I gotta think of all these characters' names, I've gotta like, what is actually gonna happen here? How is this important to the plot? I don't know what's happening, I just decided there was gonna be a ballroom scene, why did I do this? I hate myself. If you really, really can't figure out what to write, you can essentially just skip it. And kind of what I've seen people do is basically like put in brackets and be basically like insert ballroom scene here or like this character does something really cool here. And then you just put it in brackets and then you keep going to the part that you already know what you want to talk about. So then you can come back to that scene later when you're in a better mind, when maybe you don't hate yourself as much, when you've thought about ballroom music maybe and a go million to a people's names. <laughs> yeah, go to a ball, get dressed up, feel, you know, have your bell the ball moment, and then come back and write the scene. Write about how you're feeling. Yeah. But even still, like we were saying before this, the big thing is, is you just keep writing. And that's, like, if you get stuck, it's not a bad thing to be stuck. I mean, I think that that's kind of a thing that people will sometimes, I don't know, kind of get hung up on, like writer's block and this and that. It's like, no, like, yes, writer's block is real, but also, like, you still know where the rest of your story is going. Just skip the part you don't know and keep going. And maybe it'll come to you. Like, that's happened to me plenty of times. Like, I'll be in a later part of the story and I'm like, this works. I know what I'm doing. I need to go back and fix that. Not because I'm mad at myself, but because I'm like this. I know where I'm supposed to go with this now. Right. So. Well, I'd say one of the things I learned with my most recent writing project is to immerse yourself in the realm of which you're writing. And what I mean by that is, like, if I write about elves, let's say just in general, because everybody can write about elves, watch Lord of the Rings, play D&D, like do stuff that's related. There are very rarely completely original ideas. People like to think they're going to be the next Tolkien, but he is a very unique person. You're, you're probably not Tolkien. <laughs> There's a really, really slim chance that you're Tolkien. And if you were, probably be a lot easier for you. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. <laughs> um, but I mean, he, okay. And you know, this is even a point I can make too, because I had talked about this, like how I got very hung up on like essentially Tolkienism where it's like, oh man, if I don't write like him, like what's the point? But also like understand, I wanted everybody, dear listeners, to understand this fact about Tolkien. He loved this shit. Like he spent years and years and years and years writing this. Like it was not just something that one day he just wrote and it was very casual. Like he thought about it. It was like basically his entire life's work. <laughs> Yeah. So it's easy to feel inferior and to be like, well, what I'm writing is not original if I'm pulling from other places. And like, that's not the case. It's very, it's not so much that you have to have an original idea, that you have to have an idea from your perspective. You're trying to give a new way to look at something or to tell something. So I think it's, it helps me a lot to just immerse myself into other stories or other related topics to what I'm writing. And it sparks ideas, even just talking to people. Like I have a trouble writing romance aspects, but I do appreciate them when I'm reading or playing a game, as long as it's not the main idea. I like it to be just a piece. So I was like, I should write something like that. I'm a robot and hate 
being romantic. I don't know how to write some romance. And so I would just ask my friends, tell me your perfect first date. Like with any or as many or as few details as you want. And I got completely different answers from people. Or one person was like, well, something unexpected has to happen. I'm like, well, that's not a complete idea, but okay. Like, th thanks. And then another person who talked about their parents' first date and gave me like every single detail from their parents' first date and how great it was. And then the last person who basically was saying like, here's everything that needs to happen. Here's what I want. Here's where I would go. Here's like, they gave me their <laughs> practice story. And well, yeah, I'm not going to just take that story and be like, this is mine now. But I pull pieces, like I pull the idea of, yeah, you want something unexpected. You want to see these parts of this person within this moment and like how it makes you feel and how those people talked about it. And so it's more important that you're putting an idea that comes from your perspective than it is to come up with an idea that no one's ever thought of. Because that's very hard. Like, yeah. That's not yeah. something people just do, hence <laughs> the concept. <laughs> you know, it is actually kind of funny. I was talking about this recently with my husband. Because I try, I try very hard, like, not to steal ideas. I, so it's weird, because I mean, what you're saying is true. Like, basically every idea has been done. So just don't even, like, think like that. But I won't, like, I don't know, watch Lord of the Rings and copy it beat for beat, because that's what I want to do. Right. And I try to pull inspiration from little things. So, like... Most of my stories that I've written or been interested in or whatever have either been really dumb thoughts that I've had or they've came from dreams or the other one is like, I'll hear a line from some movie or TV show. And normally it's like a throwaway line, but it's like, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. And then I'll think about it and I'll be like, I could write something, you know, kind of with that maybe in it or like based as a concept or whatever. And essentially that's where I come up with my ideas, which is the weirdest way. Of my latest that. idea came from a meme. So that's fine. <laughs> Don't be ashamed where inspiration came from. Yeah. I was just meaning more or less like to immerse yourself in whatever you're doing. Right. Cause I, with my writing project, someone had recommended a book to me based on the meme that I posted. And so I started reading that book. And it was in the same vein of, like, what I'm writing, but mine isn't the same thing. Like, mine is completely different, but the same elements. Like, it's, I'll just say, it, it's supernatural stuff. So it's, like, monsters, vampire, where, like, that kind of idea. But then, you know, I'm not watching Twilight and trying to do that. Like, there's so many different ways to take this topic and to just immerse yourself in whatever you want. Just to keep it in your mind, if nothing else. Like, not necessarily to get ideas, but just, like, you're always... In that mindset, you're always sitting in that world that you're writing a part of. Yeah. I definitely find that it's helpful, too, to read other books if you can. I mean, sometimes it's hard, obviously, like, for this, if we're really into writing, you know, maybe that doesn't happen as easily. But if you can, it, like, I find that it's very helpful, especially to read authors that are very good, which I know that sounds <laughs> weird and conceited and all this kind of stuff, but like I get a lot of inspiration from reading authors that are very good. So I think one I had like very early <clears throat> on my list was Jane Austen, you know, Pride and Prejudice, this and that. We've talked about this before, but one of the things I love about her writing style is she is so witty. Like you read her stuff and it's like, it just all the dialogue makes perfect sense perfectly all the time. 
which is just crazy. So I get a lot of inspiration from listening to the audiobook or whatever, listening to Pride and Prejudice or um, Sense and Sensibility, because I find that listening to that style of talking is helpful to me. It gives me ideas like about how I could, you know, be talking and have my characters be talking. Right. So and on top of all this, everyone has their unique things, as you will. Like for me, I almost exclusively write at night. Don't know why. I think it's because I'm resetting for the day and it almost like releases my brain because like I tell stories to put myself to sleep. And so with me writing it, it's like a precursor to me putting myself to sleep. So I do that and I listen to this like trans electric music on repeat. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, the, and I, I found out I can have one drink <laughs> and I'll still be good and be writing usually better. Like usually one drink is just enough to get me over like the ADHD or anxiety or whatever you want to call it. My obsessive perfection personality. So more than one drink, I wouldn't say is a bad thing for me. <laughs> I don't really get drunk. Not that I can't, just that I don't do that. But I usually end up just buying a bunch of books instead of whatever task at hand that I was doing. But you need to find your comfort routine. I think most writers and most people have that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's just mine personally is dark, music, maybe a drink. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it is definitely different for everybody, and it depends on what your goals are, too. So, I mean, I write because I enjoy it. I write because, you know, like I said, maybe someday I would love to have a novel be published. So, like, my goal is to write as consistently as possible as much as I can. I don't know if I'll ever have a novel published, but I feel like this is the best way this is to, how get to go about it. <laughs> however long that takes. Maybe 20 years from now, I'll be like, hey, I did it. Look at this. You'll have one published and then just bam, bam, bam. You'll be like, I have like 20 just sitting around people. <laughs> I'll be an interesting age. <laughs> I'll be an interesting age, but I guess that's fine for being a writer. Yeah. To be honest, nobody cares. No. I, I don't care about most authors of books. But what I was going to say is I'm a little bit opposite of Julie. I mean, I write throughout the day. I will write later in the day, but I will say I mostly write in the morning. Part of it is I am the kind of person where I like to get up before I go to work and do things, which I know is kind of strange. I know that not everybody's like that. Part of the reason why I do that is because I find that it makes me happier. I don't like waking up and then immediately going to work. There's something about it that just really bums me out. So I found that like if I wake up if I do something that's, like, for me, and then I go to work, like, I feel happier. So, I'll get up, I write for a little bit, go to work. Maybe when I come back, I'll write more. On the weekends, I'll probably write more than that. But, like, one of the other things, too, part of the reason why I write more in the morning than I do the afternoon is I just find that I'm more productive. There's something about me in the morning where I am less mean to myself. I'm more willing to just like write stuff down. I don't think about things as much. Yeah, we're reversed. <laughs> if I tried to do it in the morning, I'd be raged. <laughs> like, just what the fuck is this? Like just, I love sleep. So I'm the opposite. I wait until the possible last minute to get out of bed and get ready to go to work. And I immediately go to work. If I have something where I wake up and have like an hour before I need to leave, I am impatient the entire time because I'm like, I'm going to be late for work because I'm going to get caught up in something. I'm going to forget to go to work. Like, even though I would, wouldn't do that, like, 
That's just why I think. So then I just go to work early. I'm <laughs> like, well, going to work. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, my, my husband, he's the same way. Like, he doesn't like to get... I know that I'm very weird for doing this. It's just, for whatever reason, I'm just much more of a productive person in the morning. In the afternoon, it's like... It's like a wash. <laughs> well, that's me at work. Like, at work, I get everything done, like, as soon as I get there. And then if you're trying to help, trying to do something with me at noon, I'm brain dead. I'm <laughs> like, this is spent. <laughs> I'm a morning person by trade. Like, that's just high energy to nothing. But to me, like, the hobbies are how I relax. So then I can't be in that mindset. I can't be in that hyper mindset. I have to be a little down. Hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm hyper. Well, no, I just meant, like, I am in the morning, so I can't do anything I enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I think for me, it's just more of, like, a way to do something that I I want, something that makes me feel better. I mean, back before I was writing, I would do other things. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe, like, I'd watch a video or something, but now it's, I write. It makes me feel better. And... Also, the other thing for me, because of this whole goal that I have, I write every day, no matter what. And I basically have done that. Um, I did go on vacation somewhat recently, and I didn't have my computer with me, so I kind of had to write on a notebook, which was weird. But I try to write every day, no matter what, even if it's just like 10 minutes. And part of the reason that I do that is I find consistency is really key. And it doesn't have to be you writing every day. You can make a goal to write every week, you know, whatever. It's just, for me, especially with the goals that I have, I find writing every day, even if I'm having a horrible shit day, if I can just put down, like, a sentence, it's better than not. So Yeah, with me, it's more I think about it a lot. And then I found we also have opposite problems when we write. And that my beginning and my end are choice. They're like the best parts, and I get them done first. And in the middle is me going, bleh. <laughs> like, what? what? I don't, I feel like I'm rambling and I hate it. Well, with what I've read from you, it's like you'll have an, an okay start, and your middle is choice. Like, your middle, you've got everything like going on. I don't even have to write notes. And at the end, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you were doing great. <laughs> I never really know how to end a book. You don't. That is true. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it, like, even more recently because I'm trying to be better about chapters. Because that's the thing I've had issues with, too, is, like, how to end a chapter. Yeah. Because I like telling stories, but I don't, I think, like, I naturally don't like some of the ways that people structure stories, which is essentially, like, Here's a thing, cliffhanger. Here's a thing, cliffhanger. Like, that's kind of the way that people set up most chapters. It is like you're supposed to end on essentially something that's a cliffhanger. And I'm like, what is the cliffhanger of this chapter? That's like, that's, a, <laughs> that's what you always have to ask yourself. What is the cliffhanger of this chapter? And then you end right before you answer some question. You never answer the question. <laughs> See, it's just really, we literally have opposite problems. And that's why it's just so funny and why we like, make a good pair in a lot of ways. Because, like, I already know how every chapter, rhythm-wise, is supposed to go. So ending a chapter is super easy for me. Everything, like, it's just the meat. Like, I don't know. 
do with the middle. I'm like, I just want to end it. I want to start it and end it. I don't care about the middle. Because <laughs> I'm like, you're, fuck, where's my sandwich? I end like five chapters with her cussing about food. Like, and that's, that's perfect to me. I'm like, this is what the people want. Like, this is what, and how I'll do a rhythm throughout the books where it's like, Every odd chapter has those cliffhangers that you want, and every even chapter has the, huh, like, peaceful, like, there's a resolution to this. Mm-hmm. And so I have those in my head. And then with you, like I said, you have the opposite problems where, like, your rhythm, I'm always like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, your rhythms throw me off, and then I have to, like, I'll write in how to, like, your cadence of the sentence irritated me, and I put yeah. in, like, a note. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know why I need to do that, but that's, so we have opposite problems and what, I have to do to help me with my problems is I have to have an outline after I start it. I can start it like the first 50 pages. I know exactly every word and where it's supposed to be and how it's done. After those first 50, I'm like, okay, now to the last 50. Like, I don't give a fuck about the 100 in the center. <laughs> like, it's just So I have to write outlines after and before, like after the beginning and before the ending. That says every chapter, what is the point of this chapter? What am I trying to accomplish? And then Try not to write words like, it's filler, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck this chapter. <laughs> yeah. I. So I do another thing that's really weird, too. I have done outlines before. Sometimes I don't do outlines. I don't know. It just kind of depends. I'm still, like, kind of learning, basically. I wouldn't, like, like I, I think I said this at the beginning. If I didn't say this at the beginning, I'm not an expert. I'm just giving you some tips of things that I've found that works. But one of the things that I tend to do is I tend to write like the first 10 chapters or so and then kind of like meander around in those first 10 chapters for a while and I think like part of the reason why I do that is I'm trying to figure things out like it's like me trying to be like okay like what is this story about what are these characters like you know like and I know it sounds really weird because like I could do an outline and I could do those things But for some reason, it doesn't work as well for me as like literally going through 10 chapters and like I'll keep editing it like essentially and keep thinking about it. Like it's not just like me doing nothing. It's like I'll keep editing it. I'll change things and this and that. I'll change people's names. And it's like essentially me getting almost like a vibe check. Like I'm like, do these first 10 chapters suck or not? (laughs) And if they suck, (laughs) then, you know, maybe I reconsider it. And I had that happen actually somewhat recently. I don't think we talked about this, but I was writing a book all pretty much last year, I guess. And I ended up giving up on it because basically I went the, I would say it was like about the first 10 chapters or so. And I was like, I really like this idea, but I just can't write this. Like it was, I would kind of mess around with those first 10, maybe 15 chapters, something, whatever it was. I think it was more like 10. And I was like, I don't see a story in this. Like, it's a great idea and I would love to come back to it someday, but maybe I'm not the person to write it. And it sucks. Like, having to give up on an idea does suck, but it got to a point, I think I had gone through like three or four rounds of it like changing things being like okay maybe if I tweak this then this will work and this and that and all and eventually me just being like I can't do this (laughs) like I'm trying so hard and I just it's not me apparently it's not me and I can't do it (laughs) which is rough and I mean even so I mean I know obviously that's kind of sucky advice to give to somebody but I would give that advice to some people like 
don't be afraid to give up on an idea. Like, not all ideas are for everybody, even if, like, you think it's a really good idea. Well, the thing is, you go through different times in your life, and you change, and maybe in five or ten years, you'll be the right person for that story. Right. So, like, you don't have to burn all evidence of it and forget it forever, but just decide, this isn't the right moment. I'm not that person today. Yeah. Isn't but I, I think I'm also a big fan. Well, that sounds weird the way I say it, but, like, you shouldn't just, like, force yourself to do something. Like, if it literally feels like you are swallowing gravel trying to make something work. Me and pottery. <laughs> <laughs> Liter- Fuck that wheel. Literally. <laughs> Goddamn wheel. <laughs> I thought it would be my life's calling, and I was like, I hate every second of this. I don't know if there's any- is there anything else you want to say? I was just going to say, like, if it helps people who can't write beginnings, how I picture beginnings to help me. I think that's my strong suit is beginnings and ends, so it's, like, what I think I should give advice on. I don't know how to give advice on metals. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... <laughs> Outlines, so I can help you. <laughs> For me, it's, like, I just, I guess I just like the middle parts better. I don't know why. Just for whatever reason, writing beginnings and endings annoy me. Well, what helped me with writing middles is that with my recent love of character development... Is trying to build that. Like, that's my purpose in the middle, is to build upon character development and, like, create mini-stories. Like, it's not... To me, it was always, how do I get to the end? Like, that's what the middle was to me, was how do I get to the end? And because of that, I hated it, and, like, I never did a good job because I'm rushing it, and it feels like I'm rambling if I'm not rushing it. So when I changed my mindset to be the middle is about character development and short stories, like... That's the point. Then it became a lot easier for me to do it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't really, like, have advice. Mine, I think it's just... For me, personally, the middle is where the shit happens. Because, I don't... I mean, part of it just... I don't know. I don't know if we're just, like, talking again. I guess... I guess... He has... has I wondered that, too, but you kept drinking, so I'm like, I guess we're chatting instead of recording... (laughs) And then now we're getting serious, so I'm like, all right, it's part okay, of it. Okay, we're just talking. But, um, fuck pottery, anyway. Yeah, fuck pottery. <laughs> anyway, the, the middle to me is, like, the part where everything happens. So that honestly tends to be the parts that I think about the most. Because the beginning and the ending, which might be more of a product because I write fantasy, the beginning and the ending to me are, you're building the world, you're, like trying to wrap things up in a way so like that's the way that I tend to think about it in fantasy because like I know for some of the books that I was writing the the big issue that I had was I was like well I don't want it to take 10 chapters for it to start but also I don't want to not talk about the world at all (laughs) because it's a new world and I feel like it's weird to just like not but then it's like also like I don't want to talk about it like this is the world, and this is what it looks like, and these are the people in it, and these are the things that happen, and here's the magic system, and just shove it down their throats for two chapters. <laughs> it's more like I wanted it to be, you know, organic and natural, and so anyway, the the whole point is, is that that's the reason why I have problems writing beginnings, is because I, I focus so much on, like, I want it to be organic and be, and like, yeah, the story's in there. I'm not like not telling the story, but like, that's not really the purpose. 
of the first chapters. The first couple chapters are be like, here's the world presented to you in a way and we're gonna kind of like get into the story and then the middle part is like the yeah this is the story <laughs> so i see why we're opposites now because that's not at all <laughs> how i think of it to me the beginning is the first 50 pages i think the average healthy fantasy and by healthy i mean like not tolkien but also not just like a short story is about 200 to 300 pages i think that's a good healthy spot so to me, the first 50 pages, if I'm not interested, I won't read that fucking book. Like, if you don't do something that makes me care in the first 50 pages, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to read that book. And so to me, like, the beginning is so important to do two things. Establish your voice, however you want that to be. If that's you rotating through characters, if that's first person, if that's whatever narration from above, omnipotence, you need to establish that firmly. And the other part is to give you something interesting to pull you in. Even if it's something you resolve. Like, it has to be interesting enough that someone wants to keep reading after those 50 pages. Mm. And so, like, in one of the books that I was writing, the character that was telling the story is ADHD like me. Because it's the easiest way for me to write, obviously. <laughs> and so a lot of my voice is her just randomly having a different thought. And I had to figure out how to put that in a way that's not confusing. Because like, it can easily get confusing where you're like, so I was waiting for this person to tell me, but pizza. Like, you can't just do that. You have to find a way to get your rhythm and the cadence for people to understand what you're doing. So you slowly kind of step into that where they get used to it. And then the ending is the point to me. The ending is, why are we here? We came here for the end. That is the whole point of this, is to get this ending done. So that's why you were easy to do the middle because you're like, this is the point. This is what we're doing. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. The middle is just fodder to get to the end. Like, I don't care about it. <laughs> but to be fair, I feel like that is kind of more how fantasy is written. I mean, yes, okay, there are some fantasies that do have good endings. I'm not going to say that. But, like, I would feel like maybe besides Harry Potter, but Harry Potter's kind of weird. I almost sometimes don't even put Harry Potter in fantasy. It is a fantasy. I'm not saying that <laughs> it's, it's not. real people. <laughs> it's just, it's more like the prim, I guess I'm saying it's not high fantasy, like Tolkien, you know, that kind of stuff. It's more like, it is like a high school mystery is probably where you would more put Harry Potter. So yeah, normally the ending is important in Harry Potter, but like, a lot of fantasies, I feel like the ending... The ending's like a soft pat on the back. Yeah. Like, you have... Right towards the middle... Towards... Between the middle and the end, you have the actual, like, big showdown or resolution or whatever. And then the last chunk, like, 30... 50 to 30 pages would be more epilogue. More of a wrap-up, clean-up. Telling you what happened because of the big events. More or less. But I think the other reason is that I think of endings the way I do is because I typically don't just write one thing. I'm writing three books conceptually or like a series of shows or it's never just over with the first one. So to me, you have to have that big pop moment. And then I would talk about like the results of that in the next sequence. And to me, that's just, like, makes more sense. If I'm only writing one book, then, yeah, I would agree with the whole... You have the big event, and then you talk about why that event mattered. And that makes perfect sense. But 
Just not how I do it. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is we just, we need to swap these. Yeah, at we'll some just point. say, here's the book. I did the beginning and the end. You do the middle, and then I'll take yours and be like, I'm going to write a bitchin' beginning and ending. Which I do remember when you gave me the last book you wrote. <laughs> I felt so bad, because, like, I read your beginning, and it took me forever, because I wrote in just as many notes as the chapters were, and I'm like... I, how am I going to tell Chris I had such a hard time getting through this? But as soon as I got to the beginning, it was great. Like, I, like, the middle, I wrote barely any notes. Mine is just little ticks and things. But this beginning, I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I had a hard time with the beginning. Yeah. I liked it. So, I wrote a, like I was saying earlier, I wrote a novella. And I liked my novella a lot better in terms of that kind of stuff. Like, I thought it made sense. I think I still didn't really like my ending as much. I mean, it wasn't bad. Your ending it's straight just, up pissed me off. I think, yeah. I, think I even fair. wrote, I was like, God, what the fuck? Guys? It was purposefully a cliffhanger in that one. It wasn't that you did that. It was like, your second to last chapters when everything happened, and they're like, the characters are running away. So you know, like, that it's gonna end kind of there. Like, you know that you're not gonna have some big resolution suddenly one chapter. But you completely changed your tone. And that's what made me mad. You went from like, Oh my gosh, everything's happening too. They're suddenly in a peaceful city. Let's talk about that city today, people. And I'm like, what? I don't give a <laughs> shit about the fucking city. Like, this should be in the next, but what the fuck? Like, they were running for their lives and now they're talking about some goddamn bender, like, hanging out. No, it's cool. I mean, to be honest, like, that's the kind of feedback that I want, really, because I, I am still learning. Like, that's what I said. Like, I wouldn't say I'm perfect at this at all. It's... I think I did better in my novella, which, by the way, if I didn't explain this earlier, a novella is basically, like, a short story. It's longer than, like, a traditional short story. That would be, I don't know, like, 10 pages or something. It's probably more like 50 pages. That's a novella. Um, but I thought I did, like, a better job, especially with the beginning and kind of the progression. The only thing I still didn't really like about it was my ending because there just wasn't... I just wasn't sure how to end it. Like, I felt like I, I ended it in a place that I thought was appropriate, but it was also kind of one of those where it was like, I, how do I end this? Like, where should I if stop? If you literally just cut that last chapter, that would have been fine to end it there. That's, okay. how, I, that's how I felt. Note taken. Like, because it was obvious this was part of a series. Like, mm -hmm. towards when you're halfway through, you can usually tell if a book's going to be a series or if it's going to be just one book. So I knew it was going to have, like, some sort of ending that wasn't totally resolved. Just the last chapter made me so mad. I'm just like, the tone changed! <laughs> Fair. Why'd you get me amped up and then just do this to me? <laughs> I'll have you be my editor. Next, I mean, next time. Because, I mean, I am, I am writing another book, actually. You know, maybe we could end here, unless you have any more advice. I'm a good editor, because as much as it sounds like I'm being mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just very, like, this is what I feel like happened. Like, I'm never actually mean. I'm just critical and kind of give you, like, honest opinions when I do stuff. So, for anyone that thinks I'm bullying Krista right now, like, my no. mom thinks I bully you all the time. So no, we'll like... just we'll just have to trade stuff. When you write your thing, I'll read it and I'll critique your middle and then you can critique my beginning in it. Or, I mean, you can also critique my middle. But you don't have I don't to know. Not... Shit about <laughs> you don't read the middle. No, I was with one of the things I was writing. I, it was a true story that I was asking people for romance like advice, just like tell me your preferred first date or whatever, and got all that weird ass feedback. And I literally told people like that's shit. I can't use that. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? 
And I made a bunch of decisions about this romance I built. And I decided to make one of my friends who's a diehard romantic. I was like, just read this section. And she's like, why would you do this to me? I'm in love with that man. And I was like, well, that is the point. She's like, you're going to kill him, aren't you? I'm like, duh. <laughs> That's the whole point. I want you to be in love with him. So soul crushing. <laughs> she's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I was like, Thanks for helping. <laughs> I'm glad you did your part. <laughs> um, okay. What I was going to say is what we are actually going to be writing for uh, Nano Rymore. Nano Remo, right more, whatever. Nah. Um, no so for me, I am currently working on a book. I wouldn't say that I'm too far in it, so I don't think it'll really matter. I could easily add another 50,000 words to it. So I'm going to keep writing that. Essentially, the plot of what I am going to be writing is it's going to be a mystery of sorts surrounding the disappearance of a princess. Which I know sounds very generic, but I don't know. It just really interests me and it called to me. And so, like, I've, I think Julie's kind of talked about this a little bit here and there. I like a lot of character development type things. That is another thing that I do like, too. And I especially like that in terms of this book. Like, I think it has the central cast that I've made for this, I think, is very interesting. And I am just excited to progress them and I hope it'll end up somewhere really good. I do have a very clear like where I want it to end up and I've um, outlined steps throughout. Basically like for anybody who hasn't written a mystery it's like the steps to get to the answer of the mystery. <laughs> that is Colonel what mustard is. in the library. Yeah. <laughs> so I've like written out that part of it like the here, this will happen. That will be this part of the mystery. That will be this and this and this and this to the end, basically. Right. So what I'll be working on is what I've been referring to quite a lot in this episode, just because it's like my most recent project, so it's the most recent one, like, in my brain. And that's kind of a twist on typical supernatural ideals. And like I said, it came from a meme. It was essentially a meme that said... You know, I'm so sick of the tropes where, like, vampires are, or no, werewolves are possessive and, like, you know, territorial, while vampires are, like, creepy and edgy and sexual. I want someone to write about, like, a derpy vampire or, like, just stupid shit. Like, it was just a meme. <laughs> and I just went, that is interesting. And I came up with my own concept of, like, it's a current world novel where basically a character from our world finds out that everything we know about supernatural beings is completely fucking bullshit. <laughs> and she's, like, immersed in the world of them and learns about, like, what they are really today in this realm, more or less. And it's supposedly going to be a three-part book series that I want to do if I ever get there. And I'm working on it specifically because I wanted to finish a writing project this year. Just one. Like, I don't care what it is. Because <laughs> I have so many just started. Because I'm good at beginnings. And I got caught up in the end. So this one, I wrote the beginning already. And I think it'll have, I'll need more than 50,000 words. So I don't think I'll finish it specifically like with this project. But I wrote an outline for the middle. <laughs> so I should be able to keep going. And I was writing this like three hours a night for like a month. Like I was really into it. And I don't remember why. It wasn't because I hit roadblock or anything. It was just, I think I got busy or like I was sick of my computer. I don't know what happened, but I just stopped. And I need, I, this will get me to do it again. And maybe I'll finish it and reach my goal for the year. Yeah. Uh, 
And then, I don't know, at the end of November, I guess we'll have to see how this <laughs> see all went, we see are. if we died, see if we finished it, see what happened. Yeah, because I, I wanted to start a little bit, just get my gears going, like, this month to get me back in the rhythm of it. But I have a vacation next week, so I'm not going to write then. <laughs> well, yeah. next week, you're fine. Yeah. It's not till November. Well, no, I wanted to start, though, like, getting the... Oh. But I won't like, I'll be off for a couple extra days, so maybe I'll be able to start on those off days before November starts. But yeah, so we both write fantasy, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> yeah, I, there's been other things I've definitely been interested in writing, but I don't think it's my strong suit. It's not really, I guess, what I'm passionate about. I like reading that stuff sometimes. Like, I'm fine with reading, like, the occasional romance or, like, mystery or, you know, um, stuff that's not explicitly fantasy, but it's just when it comes to writing, it's like, no, 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 I want to make a really immersive world and I want to make really interesting characters and, like, talk about knights and uh, magic and shit, so. <laughs> I love realms that have just a smidge of magic. Like, it's almost the same as today's world, but just a tweak. And that's what I tend to do and what I tend to write and enjoy. I almost, this is a bad way to say it, but I feel like I'm not smart enough to write realistic nonfiction or whatever you want to call it. Like historical fiction, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's a lot of research. I already have to do research just for the fantasy shit I make up. Like, <laughs> so now I have to do realistic research so that people can shit on me when I get it wrong. Like, that's, that's too much. <laughs> I do sometimes like writing, well, I mean, I guess I haven't written an explicit mystery. I've The one that I wrote, the novella that I've been talking about, that was like a mystery slash fantasy. But I would, I think I could be interested in writing a mystery. Mysteries are actually kind of fun if you've never written one before, because basically you figure out what the ending is. And then you just, like, go backwards from there. You, like, set up timeline and, like, make it... It makes you feel like you're, like, a serial killer or something. <laughs> or, I guess, probably more like an investigator. But then you go <laughs> and you, like, <laughs> try... It's like you build an outline backwards. And right. then you just write around it. Like, it honestly almost doesn't matter what your characters are like. I mean, it's cool if you can have characters that are good. But it's, like, essentially just, like, here it is. <laughs> you just do the thing. And it's, like, it's really kind of easy. Yeah. From that perspective, at least. <laughs> I could probably write one of those. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. And we'll check God back scene. in. <laughs> we'll, we'll check back in. We'll let you know how it went, I guess. We'll probably just do a cold opener where, like, our first recording in December will be like, fuck. <laughs> Thank God it's over. I'm so tired. <laughs> I hate my computer in my life. <laughs> and then, you know what? Maybe if people are interested, maybe we'll share them. Who knows? You know, I don't know if that's a way to get engagement. Our 12 listeners, it seems like we've got like 10 consistent ones now. So maybe one of those 10 will be like, hey, I'll read your, I'll read your shit. I've had people ask me to read your stuff and I'm like, well, it's not mine. So like, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of rude. That's kind of weird. Yeah, like, but people, I'll be saying something like, when I was reading your novel, people are like, what are you up to today? I'm like critiquing a novel <laughs> they're like what are you an editor now i'm like no it's my friend can i read no <laughs> that's weird it's not mine <laughs> I, can't, I can't just give it to people like 
if I'm editing it as a non-professional, like, clearly it's not published right now. Like, what, what do you think yeah. I'm doing? I still feel kind of weird about sharing that one, but I think, like, for this next one, I think I'm... I'm better about it. Honestly, I could even share my no novella, too. Because I don't know if anything's ever going to happen with my novella. Because novellas are kind of weird to get published. They're, like, too short, essentially, to be treated as a normal book. It's based, It seems like something that would get published if you had a book published. Yeah. Like, if people liked your book and then you just someone found that laying around, they're like, publish this thing! Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, like, it's essentially too short. Because it's, like I said, it's like 50, it was like 50 or 60 pages, something like that. So it's like, that's not tiny, really a novel. So it'll be 100 pages. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just add 40 pages of nothing at the end. Like how they did in the series of Unfortunate Events where it's just like 10 black pages. Or like pages that would just say never, ever, 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 like for yeah. three pages. That's, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband said that he liked it. The only thing that he said is he was like, this could have been longer. And I was like, yeah, it could have, but I was purposefully... That wasn't the point. I was purpose... <laughs> and actually, I technically, I failed because I think a novella is like under 50 pages. And I was like, but I'm just trying really hard. <laughs> this is the best that I could do. <laughs> this was Passion for Your Passions with Julie and Krista where we talked about writing and storytelling for National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMore. NaNoWriMore. On the next episode, we're talking about sheep. Beep, beep. The jelly's teasing me, you bitch. <laughs> when I think there's resistance, I'm like, yes, and then I chug, and then there's nothing. I'm going to make myself sick, because I need jelly. <laughs> I need the jelly.